Good morning. Our scripture reading today is found in Luke 24, 36 through 49. Jesus appears to his disciples. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said, said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and he ate it before them. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Praise God for his word. Amen. Thank you, Karen. All right, good morning, church. Um, my name is Stephen. One of the uh, pastors at S City Church, and we have uh, multiple campuses, and so I pastor this church, so I want to welcome you, and uh, it's a delight to uh, share God's word. Um, you know, those of you who've been with us, we're talking about heaven, and that's not a nice topic, we could talk about this forever, but all good things will come to an end. We have maybe a couple more messages about heaven, and, uh, and those of you who are just coming in, you're going to be blessed, because we're talking about heaven, okay? <laughs> all right. So um, um, today I want to talk about resurrection bodies, and Pastor John, I really appreciate the, the song selection. Man, is, those aren't just nice, you know, good music and uh, inspirational music, but that's reality. That's like theology come to life, really beautiful stuff. Uh, before I talk about uh, the resurrection bodies, how many of you um, are following the Marvel Comics stuff? Eh, maybe... <laughs> That's kind of our rhythm. We have uh, family meals with uh, our family and extended family, and, and uh, we catch uh, Marvel comic stuff because it's, it goes on forever. And so there's a new series called What If. You guys know about that? It's a, it's a kind of a interesting um, you know, a thought experiment in a way because we know about you know, uh, Iron Man, um, where are all these characters? You know, all these <laughs> Thor and all these Captain America. And then the premise is, what if there was an alternate universe where uh, it is different from the story and the narrative that you know, all right? So what if tells uh, uh, another, another probable uh, situations, and it could happen at the same time. Uh, one of the things, it's the few episodes, I've, yeah, we saw most of them. Steve Rogers, what if he wasn't Captain America? <gasps> and then there's 
Peggy Carter, who becomes Captain America S. Is that, I don't know, a woman Captain America. And she is the superhero. What if Thor, right, he has a brother, right? Uh, what's his name again? Logi. What if there was no Logi? Loki. And he's the only child. We just saw that last week. It was, it was hilarious. Yeah. So if you think about all these what if and these worlds exist in different universes, and what's mind-boggling is what if they do exist at the same time in parallel universes and different variations? What if, you know? And it's, and it's fun to watch and fun to think about the different scenarios. And it's neat, and it can really uh, make your mind spin. But here's the thing about those uh, 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 stories is that it's not real because it's comic, okay? <laughs> and they're, just, they're, they're fun stories to be had. It is not real. However, however, that's why it's like, what if? But however, there's a, a re another reality that's going to uh, blow our minds away almost, almost inf infinite ways. And it is not what if, uh, it is what is. <laughs> and, and, and what, what, you know, wherever, you know, spirituality or, or, or Christianity, you know, or you don't know, and, you know, you're coming to church. And what I declare from God's word is that it is <laughs> this heaven stuff, stuff that happens after we die, which we will all 100% die one day, whatever happens afterwards, it is. And the Bible shows us and teaches us what that is like. The in the Bible, it's called heaven, all right? And, and if you've been here from uh, sermon number one on this series, the heaven that the Bible talks about is the new heavens and the new earth. It is a physical reality that is going to come in this world. And, and we're not used to and accustomed to be thinking about heaven that way. With, we're accustomed to maybe agnosticism, not knowing exactly what's going to happen, or maybe uh, different kind of imaginations where we have fluffy wings and we all turn into cute little babies <laughs> with all the postcards that we've seen. You know, maybe, I don't know, but, but, but the Bible actually teaches us what it really is like. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, set your minds. In other words, let's exercise our minds and train our minds to understand heaven the way Bible, uh, pardon me, the way God intends, all right? Uh, we're lazy about heaven because we don't exercise and train our minds to understand what God says. Because the implication of that is that if you get it, the way Bible prescribes what heaven is, not only will you blow your mind away, but actually changes how you live today. And that's what we're all about. Like actively changing and making decisions in your life today that's going to affect eternity. Really cool stuff, all right? So, so far, by way of review, we talked about the theology of heaven. And that's one of the first things that we did. Lay down the biblical view of heaven. Then, because heaven is not just like after you die, you know, you get wings or anything like that. It, it, the new heaven is, the heaven is the new heavens and new earth. And there are two components to that. There's a new heaven. We talked about Revelation chapter 21, how the city of God actually comes to earth. We talked about that. And then it is also a new earth. Last time I was here talking is about uh, the familiarity of, of, of our world. Here we're in Nassau County. No, no, we're not in Nassau County. Scratch that. We're in Queens. <laughs> we're in New York, New York City. And is this going to be obliterated in the new heaven? I'm, I'm sorry, new earth? No. 
It's going to be an amazing, it's going to be a clean New York City. Anyway, I'm not a politician, but you know, it's like, can you imagine a place like that? No, not here on earth, but in heaven, absolutely. And it's a real physical place. So we talked about new earth. Now, I want to talk about the inhabitants of, inhabitants of that place is those who are in Christ, who have, who, whom Jesus have called and sanctified and, you know, all the confessions that we did today, worshiping. These people, Christians, they're going to be inhabiting that place. And I want to talk about resurrection bodies, all right? Um, these people, what would they be like? And, and the language is that we'll have resurrection bodies. It's not just about having a physical body in heaven. What I want to kind of talk about is what are, you know, not only our, our physical makeup, but what would our relationships be like? Hmm? Have you thought about that? Marriage, family, friendships, you know, we know that so well here on earth. What is that going to be like in heaven, right? Uh, will we recognize each other? Are there are my pets in heaven? You know, there's a lot of amazing and fun questions that you can think about. We're going to touch on some of that. And I, I had a sermon, and, and I had to really narrow down because there's so many great things to talk about. And we may or may not get to, actually, we're not going to get to a lot of those things, but I'll just raise these questions because if we're going to have resurrection bodies, and if this is a physical world, everything is anew, what is that going to be like? And not only that, what's it, what are we going to do? Again, is it boring? All right? Uh, is, will there be art? Will there be entertainment? Some of you love sports, and I tell you, I want to fly. Am I going to be able to do that without aid? <laughs> Can I just be like Superman? I don't know. But these are fun things. We're going to have resurrection bodies. We're going to live in a new resurrected place. All right? Okay. So these are questions. Some are very important questions. Some are not. Just some fun questions. But these questions are important, I think. In light of living here on earth, because we only know about earth, all right? Um, you know, do we, do we desire heaven? And here's the thing. Depending on what zip code you live in, you say, some people be like, why would I want to go to heaven when I have everything I need and want and have everything at my disposal? Why would I need heaven? And, you know, a lot of, maybe some of us, you know, especially North Shore here, you know, some of you are in zip codes where that's true. And, and whether you're in that place or you're in another zip code where it's, where it's not like that, we all need to engage and think about heaven because it is significant. And the implications are tremendous. All right, so how am I going to do this? I'm going to do three things, give you th in three points. I want to briefly describe what are, because we're talking about resurrection bodies, okay? I want to talk about what our bodies will be like immediately after death. Because before the new heavens and new earth comes, the, everyone that has passed on, and when we eventually pass, we're going to go to this place, a uh, temporary place that I've been saying. It is not heaven. It is a temporary heaven, if you will, for the lack of better, for the, for the lack of language. So, so once, as soon as we go from this earth to that place, what is that going to be like? So I'm going to, I want to describe very briefly that, because that's important for point number two. Then when new heavens and new earth come down, that is when the consummation happens. That is when Jesus Christ comes back a second time. Then what would our be bodies be like? 
what, what, you know, how, how are we going to live and, and what is that going to be like? And finally, I want to conclude with a very practical application of why this is important. Number three, then what does a resurrection body in heaven, if that is true, and I want to propose it is, it's not a what if, it is, it is. So since it is true, what does that teach us today? How does it help us live well? Okay, that's where we want to go. Uh, let me do this quickly. Number one, what will our bodies be like as soon as our last breath and we expire? What happens? All right. Right after death, the Bible tells us that is a temporary place we go. We call it paradise. So any kind of language, but it's not heaven per se. All right. It's heaven like, I, I suppose. And the Bible says when we're away from our bodies, we are in the presence of the Lord. All right. So putting all these kind of clues together, this gives us a clue that our bodies, after this, uh, that, that we will have, you know, our bodies will go to a pl uh, present, it's going to be living, it's going to be in a present life, if you will. We're not expiring to annihilism. There is a being, us. We're still going to exist after our physical body expires. So I want to make some observations before we talk about the final state the resurrection body, I want to make some observations about exactly what happens after we die. And I want to deduce uh, this from the only person who went through all that and lives to tell about it, and that's Jesus Christ. And, and that's why we are reading in Luke 24. In Luke's account, this whole chapter, we only read the last part of the section, but chapter 24, there's actually three accounts, okay? Let me just run this real quickly. That, that after Jesus rose from the dead, Easter story, what happened? Uh, he had witnesses, and in fact, the first women in, in, in the first part of chapter 24, you had two Marys, you had Joanne, and you had other women. They were, they were going to the tomb to take care of the body, but they met the angels at the tomb, and they couldn't believe they, they, you know, Jesus was resurrected. He's no longer in the tomb. So they run uh, to the disciples. They couldn't believe it, and so Peter said, are you sure? And he ran up to investigate because he couldn't believe it. So that's one scenario, the fact that there is a resurrection. <laughs> Once we die, all right, uh, we're not going to stay dead. That's the whole point. Then in the, in the middle of Luke 24, there are two men walking from a town, well, from the capital of Jerusalem to the town of Emmaus, a seven-mile walk. As they're walking, uh, uh, Jesus comes in the midst of them. They didn't recognize him. They're talking and talking. And then finally they get to Emmaus. And then they're having dinner, and he blesses the food, and their eyes open, and like, oh, my gosh, this is you. And then Jesus disappears, okay? So, again, it shows that Jesus is flesh. He has bones and real flesh, and he, he gets hungry. How many of you like food? Everybody loves food. Yes, he was eating, okay? So this is what a resurrected body is like. Finally, in the section that we read here, what Karen read, when Jesus, uh, he appears before them, and uh, he visited his disciples, he got closer and closer, and what you find is that we have a personal view of the resurrected body, and the disciples couldn't believe it. They were speechless. And what can we say about these things? Well, I'm going to go through some of the details later, but we can deduce so far, just from Luke chapter 24, we can deduce that from this biblical inf information, what what our bodies in heaven will be like. It's just a few, few simple things. Again, I want to emphasize the fact that dead bodies live. 
So we, we will die one day. But guess what? That's not it. So know that there is a real life. Real, it's not just you're not going to be, you know, spiritual beings floating around trying to inhabit stuff. That's what demons do, by the way. We're not going to mess with that right now. But, but, but you have bodies. So that's number one. Another thing I see is that resurrected body after death, I keep emphasizing how real it is. It is physical. It is discerning. You rec- they, the disciples recognized it. The, the women did as well. And you also see that the resurrected body is flesh and bones, walk, breathe, eat, talk, think. And yet, and yet, it's mysterious. Because, you know, Jesus kind of disappears. <laughs> he disappeared from with the two guys at Emmaus, and then he disappeared right in front of the disciples' eyes. How do you explain that? I don't know, but it's mysterious, okay? All right, having said all that, let's move into heaven, the new heavens and the new earth. What will our bodies be like in heaven? That is, when Jesus comes back, consummation happens, he brings the city of God here on earth, and this whole earth is renewed to a new earth. Um, uh, Let me explain that in two things, all right? Two points I want to make here. One is that our resurrected bodies, now it's not just Jesus' body. I'm talking about us now. Those who are in Christ who are resurrected, we have a new body now, all right? What is that going to be like in heaven for eternity? It is, number one, recognizable. I'm sorry. Uh, it was is recognizable. Did I get this right? Yeah. Okay. It is not recognizable yet familiar. Uh, what am I saying? It is not recognizable because, um, and let me just explain that, all right? And yet, (laughs) I'm putting these opposite things together. Your body is not recognizable, and yet you can recognize it. It is familiar. This is what I mean. Going back to the two Marys and Joanne, they didn't, again, they did not recognize Jesus at first. That's my whole point. That's why there's a not recognizable there. Again, the same men, the same for the two men in the road to Emmaus. You know, in a sense, they received the whole seminary education in about two hours walk. If you walk slowly for seven miles, have a long, leisurely conversation, you could get a whole seminary education. That's what they did from Jesus, all right? From beginning from Prophet Moses and the scriptures show that Jesus is the Christ. Um, um, but they didn't recognize him. So this resurrected body, they didn't get it, all right? And the disciples... When they came, when Jesus came in, it's not that they couldn't recognize it, but it, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. Um, they, even though they recognized Jesus, you know, um, but in the, the initial reaction is, you know, it's just this is an unbelievable thing. So the question is, why wasn't Jesus's body recognizable at first? All right, is because the apostle Paul talked about that in Corinthians and other passages where he talks about the resurrection body, particularly in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. And his, this is his argument about the resurrection body. He says, listen, um, species here on earth, they have different kinds. God has de- developed different kinds of bodies among species. If you're a human being, you have a certain kind of a body. If you're a bird, fish, and even if you're a heavenly body, such as the earth and the moon and the sun and the star, they're not living, they're not biological, but they're created things. They, they exist because they have different, they're different kinds of flesh. And with that analogy, he says in 1 Corinthians 4, 15, he says about the resurrection, 
so it will be at the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. That is our flesh right now. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, and it is raised a spiritual body. And you see this contrast. You see the different kinds of uh, flesh or, or, or substance that are in this world. And that's the reason why we won't be able to recognize resurrection body on the one hand. Because it's new. You and I don't know what a resurrection body is or a resurrection earth or heaven. We don't know what perfection is. And so that's why we can't recognize it. And that's why we see in chapter 24 that these are people who didn't recognize it. And that's why resurrected bodies, uh, uh, we can't recognize because it's a different kind. We've never seen anything like this before, and we never will on this earth. Here's another verse, uh, verse 51. Paul says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We would not all sleep, that is die, but we'll be changed. And that change is reason why we won't be able to recognize heavenly things and resurrected things. So on the one hand, uh, you can't recognize it, but once you get over that, then you say, ah, I see it. <laughs> then, is, then you get it, because eventually the women, the uh, brothers on the road and disciples, they got it too. And they were, they were able to see Jesus' body because it was familiar. So application. Oh, we could have so much fun with this. I could actually finish with this, but we can't. But here's, here's something to think about. We all, you know, those are in Christ. We go to heaven. We have, uh, uh, we're going to recognize each other. Hmm? Think about that. People that you see, people that you love, people who have gone to glory, who are in Christ, your loved ones, friends, family. Are you going to recognize each other, you know? Um, to get to the chase, the answer is ultimately yes. But it's even better than that. You, you'll be able to recognize and you'll be able to know and enjoy. The, and you'll be able to remember. This is key. <laughs> so be careful what you do. you got to remember, you know, the relationships and all those things that here on earth. You know, it's really interesting. Think about this. At Christ's res, uh, transfiguration, this is before he... Uh, died and rose from the dead. In the middle of the story of all the Gospels, when you find Jesus taking Peter, James, and John, and he flexed his spiritual muscles, and that's my interpretation, at, at, the, at, the, at the mountain before he went to the cross, and, and he revealed his glory. And do you remember what uh, the writers of the gospel say? That uh, there were three individuals in that transfiguration, right? That, that glorious picture. There was uh, uh, John, no, no, that was, uh, that was a test a quiz, and, and you passed. I failed. <laughs> Who was there there? Okay, that was Jesus in the middle. And then you got Moses, and you got Elijah. Whew. That was a Sunday school quiz, and I just failed in front of you. But anyway, there were three individuals. But let me ask you something. If you were Peter, James, and John sitting there, and, you know, you, you're sleeping. And you wake up, you're like, wow, what a dream. How did you know that the other dudes were Moses and the others were Elijah? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, do they have, you know, these devices that show you what Peter, I mean, not Peter, those guys look like? <laughs> Maybe they had beers, <laughs> but they all had beers. 
right? And they had robes. How do you know that? It's really interesting. I never, you know, just think about that. Like uh, those of you who are at our church, we have three Stevens in this church. Did you know that? It's quite confusing. And if we were here side by side, um, and especially if you don't know us, you know, there's three Asian guys with black hair and glasses. Which one is Stephen? <laughs> How are you going to know that unless you know us? PS1, Pastor Stephen 1, Pastor Stephen 2. <laughs> How do you know which one is which? Which one am I? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, how would you know unless you know these individuals? And even now, I'm a, are you going to recognize Peter at the pearly gates of heaven? Because <laughs> you got to get the right guy who's going to let you in, you know? How are you going to recognize James, John, the 12 disciples? How are you going to recognize Jesus? Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> Forget what Google says. He doesn't look like him, all right? But here's the point. The, the, you know, the reason why you're going to recognize them, even though you've never met these people or even have seen their faces and their, their, uh, who they are, I think, this is a conjecture, but, but, and this is true for you too, but think about this. When, again, the question is, how, do, how are we going to recognize each other? Their personalities, think about Moses, thinking about Elijah right now. Their personalities emanated through them. I don't know how, but, but, but it, it was so identifiable that they knew. Isn't that something? You know, um, I mean, this gets real practical and real. Because uh, some of you know that, you know, Hyunsu and I, we have a story that our very first child that was born into us, uh, he died at birth, a very rare uh, heart defect. So Hyunsu, I don't know if you've ever seen maybe a couple minutes. I've only have held him for about a few minutes, you know. And it's like, you know, how, you know, yeah, he'll be there, but will we recognize him, right? You know, my daughter Charlotte's there. Are you going to recognize your brother? Do you know who he's going to be? He could be any other guy with a beard. I don't know. How are you going to know him? And some of you have also lost children or perhaps tragedy, right? We had miscarriages. These are just things that happen and we're sad. And, but will you recognize people you love? I mean, if, if, you, you know, if they're your grandparents, your parents, yeah, of course. But how about other people, right? And, and I don't know how this works. But that's why heaven's so amazing. In the resurrected state of body, um, you will recognize them, you know? This is fascinating. All right. Number two, will our, what will our, will our bodies be like? What will our bodies be like in heaven? Again, on the one hand, you can't recognize it, and yet you will because of the relationships. And that is key, folks. You know, I, I've pastored so many churches. I don't even know who my past member churches were. I don't even recognize their faces anymore. But I will know the relationship. You too, right? It's the relationships in this world that's going to count, not, you know, the faces and so forth and the celebrities. Well, again, point number two is that uh, uh, what will our bodies be like? It will be perfect. Sounds shallow. But it's not shallow at all, because it's not about body types. It's not about ideal types. In fact, verse 37 to 40 describes a perfect body. The disciple says, I can't believe this is happening. And so Jesus says, check it out. My hands, my feet, 
Here, you know, you can pull my hair if you want, pull my beard, I don't know. But this is me. That is a perfect description of a resurrected body. And Jesus is detailing all that. And, and he gets to eat and all that. And the reason why this is important, two things. Number one, he's important because if you follow Jesus, if you believe uh, Christianity is the only way, the way Jesus describes, it is a proof text against all major religions as it pertains to afterlife. Because all major religions and minor religions, every religion cannot conceive of a resurrected body. Most of the major religions only talk about a non-materialistic existence where spirits will perhaps converge into one. So the whether it be platonic or, or uh, philosophical ideas of spiritualism, where the pneumos or the mind is really it, whatever it is, the, no, no religion can conceive of a resurrected body with flesh that can eat. It just doesn't make any sense because flesh is considered evil and sinful and dirty, and only spirit is pure. But Christianity says through Jesus Christ and his proof and resurrection, no, you bring that together, and it's going to be beautiful. Wow. Second thing. Um, you have to understand is that resurrected body in heaven will re the reason why you whether you love your physical presence and or not it doesn't really matter because it will be replaced our old physical body will be replaced by a new one a new flesh if you will a new resurrected body um, God is not interested you know, look in us looking a little better or losing a little bit more weight. You know, he's not interested in what we're interested in when it comes to bodies, if you will. But God is in the process of restoring. Yes, we're all about, um, you know, a green earth and making it uh, clean. And that's great. And we need to continue to, you know, take care of our world. But God's going to take this and make it new again. This is incredible news, especially for all those bodies. And all of us will be here that will fail us. If you're in a certain age crowd, <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about. I'm feeling it as well. And our bodies, no matter how healthy and fit or not healthy or fit it is, guess what? It's going to fail us on this present earth. This incredible news about having new bodies, you have no idea how beautiful and hopeful this incredible news is for us. Not only physically, but uh, those uh, with special needs as well. And we have all kinds, right? Even, even physically, right? Uh, there are paraplegics, quadriplegics. There are people who are blind, deaf. Some people are, even today, you're suffering from pain, low-grade pain to chronic pain, and you're just dealing with it, you know? You're wondering if it's ever going to go away. Some people live their, all, all their lives with amputations, living with wheelchairs, etc. Those are all physical things that, that are limiting people. There are also people uh, mentally that's... Uh, uh, ailing them as well. There's genetic defects, right? We have Down syndrome and autism, Asperger's, all different spectrum. We have people who develop Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, people who are suffering from mental illness right now, bipolar, schizophrenia, depression, you name it. I and mean, these are just, just on and on that's going on. And a lot of people uh, in our church and in our culture, society, they're all, we're all suffering from that, okay? And what do you do with all that? 
Let me just medicate or try to deal with it. But see, our conditions on this earth with these kinds of limitations, uh, all of us will suffer, and they're limiting, all right? But what if? Again, I started with what if it is reversed in heaven? Hmm? Think about that. See, if, you don't, if you're perfectly fine and healthy, you're like, okay, whatever, I'll have a better body. Amen. <laughs> but if you know you've been there, you're like, really? For real? Wow. And it's not a what if. It is, a, and it is. <laughs> that's, that's amazing to put your mind around that. Isaiah 56, one of the lowest people on the totem pole in the ancient Near East are eunuchs. Listen to what God says about even eunuchs that no one even thinks about. But there's a place for them. Let not the eunuchs say, behold, I'm a dry tree, right? Because that's how they've been living here on this earth all, all their life. For thus says the Lord, mm. to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, that's another way to say who follow God, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Isn't that something? Eunuchs don't have a legacy. Eunuchs don't have children, and, and they don't, their names are not honored. But God says, okay, I will honor you. That's heaven, right? Again, going back, disciples' reaction of this new body was like incredible, incredulous, unbelievable. They want to believe because nothing in this world could ever give you that promise for real. But the Bible does. And that's why I like Eugene Peterson. He wrote a, a paraphrase Bible called The Message. And, and with that verse, verse 41, this is what he says. Uh, he translated, Eugene Peter said, and he said this about the disciples. He showed them his hands and the feet, and they still couldn't believe what they were seeing. It was too much. It seemed too good to be true. It seemed like a fantasy. But in Christianity in heaven, um, and they do live happily ever after. It is. And that's what new heavens and new earth is all about. This is our natural reaction on earth. It's impossible to believe. It's amazing. But at the resurrection, I'm giving you a little foretaste of what to expect, because God said it. So I want you to think upon these kinds of things. Um, let me close with this, number three. What does a resurrection body in heaven teach us today? If all this stuff, if, if, if think about this, if, you were, if, you're, if, you, if you're with me mentally here and just hearing what I'm trying to say, and if you go from what if to it is, then what does this reality teach us? how to live in this world? And the answer is hope. Oh my gosh. If there is no hope, there is no resurrection. And Paul says, then we're just like, uh, you know, the Stoics. We just eat, we live, we work, we make money, we spend money, and die. There's no hope in that. But we're not Stoics, we're Christians. There's hope. Oh boy. Um, you know, you can think about so many people who have been living all this life limited. You know, um, I have a huge family. My older sister, 
Jennifer, uh, she has like some kind of defect. I mean, uh, we're, we're told that when she was a baby, a nurse dropped her. And so there was an issue in her vertebra. She also has scoliosis. So she's been living all her life, you know, uh, uh, with, you know, she has a neck, but it's kind of, it, does, it just doesn't look quote normal. And so she lives all her life that way. And, and uh, you know, she gets passed over. She's, you know, uh, passed prime age of marriage and uh, bearing children. So she gets passed over by society just because the way she looks, you know? So, so you know, I, I love my sister. I love people who are marginalized. And, but there's hope, right? There's hope. Here's a picture of Dorothy. Some of you know she's part of this church, Dorothy Langdon. Remember her, guys? Yeah. She loves this church before, you know, we merged. And she was in the choir, you know. Maybe she could sing with the choir. But she, she lives out in a home there, you know. And she can't come to church. They won't let her. But, but it's like, you know, she has, um, um, I don't really know uh, what kind of uh, uh, thing she has. But, but I said, Dorothy, I'm going to take a picture of you and show it to the church. This is who she is. <laughs> she's smiling. I mean, she, you know, whatever limitations are, she just wants to thrive, and that's her personality. I think about at, at the church that we were at previously, some of you guys know Doug Hofsetter. Do you remember him? He's like, who's this guy? Every morning, he's, he was also um, uh, at another uh, care facility in um, Russell Gardens, right? Michael, you remember him? He would come to church before all of you guys. We started at 9.30, he'd be there at 9 a.m. He would walk through, you know, he's better than a postman. Whether it's snowing or sleet or raining or whatever, he's always walking. He and uh, Steve, that's the other guy, they walk to church every day, I mean, every Sunday, and they worship God. No one really cared about him. No, the only thing they said was, uh, Doug, Stop putting too much sugar. So he, when he drinks his coffee, he, he, he drinks coffee with his sugar. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we have to make sure he doesn't, you know, do too much of that. That's, all, that's the only conversation, but, but I got to know him, and he passed away maybe a few years ago. And I think about Doug, and I think about, you know, even the people that you think about now, it's like, if there's no hope, you're stuck. You just have a miserable existence, whatever. That's not it. No. <laughs> You know, those of you who know these people, you know, in heaven, you're going you're gonna to know them because the relationships that you build. I can't wait to meet some of these people I've met over the years. And they may not be impressive on earth, woo, but in heaven, they're going to be so far with the glory of God than I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they were faithful. Even though culture and everything rejected them, they're faithful to the end. There's great hope, guys, greater hope. Restored mind, body, restored everything. And that's what resurrection body is all about, and it's no joke. So let me close with this. And then uh, verse 45 to 47. Check this out. Then the reason why you're going to, everything's going to be clear and familiar. Jesus opened their minds to the disciples as well as to the dudes at the Emmaus. He opened their minds to understanding the scriptures. And he said to them, thus is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. This is the essence of the gospel. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. So I've been talking, you know, for several sermons glowingly about heaven. And everybody wants to go there. But how do you know you're there? You know what I mean? It's not a free pass. 
Jesus even tells us that repentance and forgiveness of sins must be accomplished here on earth first. Some of you have heard all that all your life and like, whatever. But this is real. <laughs> Otherwise, you're stuck in this world. And if you don't get what forgiveness and repentance is in this world, you're not going to have heaven. You're not going to have this glorious place. There's an opposite place called hell, and that's a reality. And so for us, where are we? You know, I, I, wish, I can assume that all of us will be there, see ya. But, you know, only God knows, and only you can know that God knows. And so the burden and the onus and the burden is on all of us here individually. Do I know Jesus Christ? Yes. He never appeared to me, but I believe him. Did you believe him by faith and, and, you, you, and he has transformed you and changed you? That, you? that he's giving you a new reality, not only here on earth, but for heaven? And are you going to follow him for the rest of your life? Those are questions for baptism. If you've been baptized of that faith, of that covenant and that profession, Jesus says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But if you're not sure, oh boy, this is the time. This is the time to make sure. I don't know when he's going to come back. I don't know when we're going to die, but it's going to happen one day. So think about it now rather than later. It's too late. It happens now. Again, what I said was what happens on earth reflects heaven. So let's worry about now. God gives us a glimpse of heaven to say, this is where your home is. Welcome. But make sure you're going there. you got to believe in Jesus Christ. Heaven is fine and good. Everyone wants to get there, but to get there is faith and repentance. The fact that Jesus has forgiven you of your sins and you're going to live in him. And that's what communion is all about. We have this once a month. And communion is an invitation to the people of God to say, come and remember this. Renew your vows. Renew your vows that, that, that Jesus has purchased you with his death so that you don't have to die, that he died for us. Remember that. And when you drink that juice, it's to remember that points to the reality of heaven. And that juice reminds you that that is your spiritual fuel so that you can live rightly here, that you can, you can you know, for continue to confess of your sins, that you can continue to uh, seek Christ here on this earth, no matter how difficult things are. And that's what this is. We get to get that. And, and if, you, if you have never done that or not sure, oh, my goodness, this, today is your day. You know, sometimes we have people come up and pray. We did that last week. That's great. At times, you need to sit where you are and think upon these things. And this is the day, perhaps for some of you, to say, I get it. I finally get it, and I give my life to Christ. You could do that right now. You know, you don't have, have a huge thunderstruck kind of a moment to get that reality. You can get that right now. And so you don't have to come to communion but you get to do it next time as the family of God. But in the meanwhile, let's do that business. And those of you who are in Christ and you've forgotten all this, boy, come to the table, but renew your hearts. Renew your hearts to say, Lord, I've been far away, but I'm ready. I, I, I need to commit back to you. So let's do that now as we move into time of communion. So uh, if the praise team could come up and help us. So here's what we'll do as we're, um, as we're getting ready. I want to pray for you, and um, 
After we pray, and when you're ready, then I want to invite you to come up for the elements. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you that we can talk about heaven and how glorious it is. We just cover the surface of what heaven is like. And yet there is a, a serious calling for those whom you are calling. And Father, I know even right now, as those who are hearing this voice, that you are calling them to make a one, either a renewed commitment to you, or two, give their life to you fully. So I pray that, Holy Spirit, you'll come upon my friends, my brothers and sisters, whom that we want to build spiritual and godly relationships with one another so that we will know each other here on earth and as well as in heaven, that in this community we call family, that we would nurture each other, encourage each other, and, and, and be side by side. So, Father, I pray the Holy Spirit would uh, work on my brothers and sisters and uh, give them salvation and recommitment. Thank you, Father. And those of you who want to uh, uh, pray, pray silently after me. Father, I thank you for salvation. I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you that he died for my sins and I was unaware. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for, for showing me the sins in my life, that without you, I'm lost in hell forever. But thanks be to God that because of Jesus and his death that has been poured on my behalf, by faith, I can not only receive you, but I have eternal security with you in heaven forever. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.